Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor, it's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved friends, brothers and sisters, dear friends, those who always accompany us with prayers and with active listening to this beautiful radio show, Good Sunday morning with Father Andre. What happens if the conspiracy of the nations is faced or is met with the anger of God? We want to talk about the way to preserve life. Is this even possible? On this morning, I want us first of all to continuously to pray for peace, peace in the Middle East, peace in our homeland in the U.S. You know, I guess we want to pray also um, for the candidates who are running for all type of public offices in the United States of America, for their spiritual awareness, for spiritual revelation, for spiritual convictions, and for a spiritual relationship with God, um, illumination of conscience. Let's pray for them. So on this morning, the question is, what happens if the conspiracy of the nations is faced with the anger of God? What will be the way to preserve life after that? This is this morning's conversation, which I look forward to share with you. This morning, we have a friend of the show and a special guest, Dr. Julian Dunraven, a constitutional lawyer. He has been with us on the show many, many times before now. You know, for those of us who believe in the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, uh, the Holy Land is not only a concept, it's actually a geographical place. The Holy Land is sacred. The Holy Land, it is where God sent Abraham to go to. He chose it for himself. The Holy Land is a place where God told Moses, you will lead my people there. They spent 40 years in the desert, but then Moses could not enter into the Holy Land. The Holy Land is a place where God decided to send his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be born from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. This is the place where our redemption took place where the tomb of Jesus Christ is, where his uh, place of resurrection, where the temple of Jerusalem was, the first temple, the second temple, and uh, there is still one wall that is standing that for a good number of the Jewish people, they are satisfied with it, considering it as the third temple. The foundation of the holy city is still there, and uh, where the people of God were told by God, go to the land that I gave your ancestors. Those ancestors are still there, not only in the tombs, but they live through the history, through the archaeology, they live through the pilgrimages. The entire world goes to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land, for pilgrimage. But few times in our life, since the beginning of history, we see that navies, the world's largest navies, the world's largest armies, battleships, they also go there. 
Are they going to the Holy Land for pilgrimage? China, Russia, United States, France, Great Britain, Germany, and other nations. We have now in the Middle East the largest number of ships, battleships, coming from the most numerous and most powerful nations in the world. Dr. Dan Raven will explain to us the reality of the forceful marriage between some powerful nations or an ugly divorce who all decided to ignore the religious foundation that is behind any geopolitical agreement or commitment. Dr. Daraven also will explain to us uh, dimensions of the religious struggle between Hamas and Israel, which goes beyond history itself. But before we get to Dr. Julian, let us pray together. Today we want to pray with Psalm 2. Psalm 2. So let us open our Bibles and let us look for Psalm 2 and let us breathe in with the Holy Spirit and let us pray. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father, asking, and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My dear friends, I want to thank you for joining us uh, on this morning's show. I want to remind you that the Mission of Hope and Mercy is on the Colorado Gives Day page. If you go to Colorado Gives Day and uh, you look for um, your mission or your uh, um, nonprofit that you'd like to support, please look for Mission of Hope and Mercy. And there is a program that if you donate through uh, the Colorado Give, we actually gain some incentive and they would match some of the donations for the um, sake of the work that we do in the Mission of Hope and Mercy. Uh, or you can also go always on our website, missionofhopeandmercy.org and support our um, latest campaign that we are doing now in the Middle East in Lebanon. In South Lebanon, we have five villages where there is about uh, 1,300 Christian families in one area and 500 families in another area. All of them are part of the historical and biblical city of Tyre, Tyre and Sidon, as you know, as we studied in the Bible. And uh, those people are, uh, have decided 
40% of them decided to remain in their villages. They do not want to leave their homes. The Bishop of Tyre has sent a written appeal letter addressed to myself and to the Mission of Hope and Mercy in the USA, asking us our support for the sake of these people. So I would truly appreciate um, the campaign is in a little bit less than $100,000 to support about uh, 2,000 families. And we still want to do our Christmas program. We still want to send milk, want to send medication as well. Uh, the campaign is vast and uh, the goals are reachable and our hearts are very generous. I am very thankful to you, to your attention. Uh, please, again, this is an urgent relief, food and medication appeal in order to help uh, people in Christian towns in South Lebanon caught in a fire between uh, Hezbollah from the side of Lebanon and Israel. This is a part of the historical and biblical city and region of Tyre, of Sidon, and the High Galilee. And may there be peace. Dr. Julian, good Holy Sunday morning to you. Good morning to your father. Well, you know, for those of us uh, in the Bible, as uh, you heard, there is a Holy Land, and the Holy Land is sacred. And I know uh, you yourself, um, um, uh, you have um, no doubt about the sacredness of God. You have no doubt about the holiness of God. Um, and you have no doubt about the identity of God being being love. Um, but people are not love. Um, before we go far to experiment or to speak about the situation and the Holy Land and the anger of God, the conspiracy of the nations, is hate, is hate a mortal sin for you? Yes or no? I think so. It can be in small doses. I think it can inspire us to fight injustice. It can motivate us. But the hatred of looking at each other as less than human beings, I think it is always corrupting and it always leaves us miserable and hollow. So when we say there is a crimes of hate, what, what does that mean exactly in the United States? Hate crimes. You are getting me on one of my favorite topics from my students. Um, one of the few things I do say is that I hate hate crimes. Um, hate crimes, I think, need to be challenged on a constitutional basis. Because I will tell you what a hate crime is. A hate crime is a policing of one's thoughts. Because if I kill you because I find you annoying where I want to take your stuff. I'm charged with first-degree murder, and I go to prison as a result. But if you kill me because I don't share your religion, or I have a different sexuality than you, or I have a different racial um, identification than you do, then you are charged not only with murder, but you are charged with a hate crime for one of those protected classes. And you go to prison for longer. Both of us have taken a life. Both of us have killed someone. But my life is worth more than yours. So, um, on October 7, Hamas decided to break through the walls into Israel. They attacked an actual uh, consulate. It was a day in which the Jews actually celebrated the feast day for uh, peace, preparing for uh, Yom Kippur, preparing for the um, celebration of the new year, um, you know, uh, thanking God uh, for the gift of the earth, for the gift of uh, freedom, for the gift of peace. And they, they, they offer the vegetables of, of the prairies. They dance around and they do music. 
uh, to the minimum of stage. I know we speak about a new Holocaust and we speak about genocide, but but deep down, as 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 a raw feeling, as a raw feeling, what Hamas did does it fit a hate crime? No, it goes far beyond a hate crime. Although on an individual level, it would, because they are targeting people solely for their for their religion. But yeah, is it? It's also a crime that aspires to genocide. And it is genocide, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, wipe out the entire Jewish people. And is it possible that hate could be justified? Because you yourself have said sometimes um, hate has some positive thing. I do not want to re-quote you in what you said in the beginning. You did say something about hate that could spin somebody to do something. I don't know if it's religious, but could, could hate be justified by a religious vocation of some sort? Could a religion call for hate? There are religions that do. Um, do I think that that is legitimate? No. I think, and where I, and I will elaborate on this because I think it's important, where hate might be useful to us as human beings is to encounter something like injustice and to hate that injustice because it brings things so out of alignment with truth and thus to be motivated to fight against it. And in fighting against that injustice, uphold truth and, and come back to a place of love. Hate, however, that sees another living, sentient human being and wants to annihilate it solely for being that sentient human being. No. And any religion that would try to justify that, I think, is out of alignment with truth, out of alignment with reason, and out of alignment with civilization. And unfortunately, that is the type of religion that Hamas is fostering. How, how, can, I mean, how should the Muslim people react to the ideology of Hamas. According to you, as an American constitution lawyer, we see United States is a split. There is a censure going on in the, that took place in the Congress. And this is not a political show, but, uh, but these are in the indicatives that, that there isn't somehow a religious tension behind the problems between Hamas and Israel. Whether in the United States, for whatever what reason, do they want to admit to a religious conflict or not, but there is a religious conflict. Is there a religious conflict at the bottom of the genocide of Hamas against Israel and in the response of Israel against Hamas, the proportionate response or no proportionate? Is it because Israel is feeling for its existence, not only as a nation, but also as a religion? Yes, there is, there is certainly a religious cause that was, that was at the base, well, I'm not sure it's at the basis of this, but it's certainly w- what's been inflamed in this conflict. Uh, I think much more, much more base monetary politics is what inflamed this conflict. But the seeds of it, yes, are very definitely religious, in which Hamas subscribes to a particularly vicious and violent stream of Islam, which sees any territory once occupied by Islam as forever and eternally Islamic territory. And they affiliated way too much with the Nazi regime in the 1930s and 40s and have never abandoned that sort of uh, genocidal view of, of Judaism. In fact, the only place you can go in the world and still encounter Nazi ideology in the open, spoken out in the open, is, is in Palestine. Um, that, that is very definitely true. 
Israel, on the other hand, I don't think this is so much a religious dispute for them. They are a modern country. They are a tolerant country. They are a pluralistic country. I think for them, however, with a very definite mindset, remembering their foundation, remembering the Holocaust of World War II, they are very sensitive to being wiped out. And they vowed never again. And yet within their own borders, they have given autonomy, as no other country I think on earth would do. They have given autonomy to this horrid little cult of death that has called for their annihilation. And after this horrific attack of more than 1,400 people, I think they have decided that no, we cannot tolerate people who will not even acknowledge our existence as legitimate, certainly not within our own borders. And no country could. Were this the United States, we would have reduced them to a rubble of glass. How should Muslims, what should be the logical response of Muslims in the United States? Except, you know, I watch every TV show um, who hosted equally um, pro-Palestinians or pro-Hamas, pro-Israelis or Israelis, um, people who basically are, unfortunately, themselves, they experience losses, tragedies. And, and the tragedies that took place in the Holy Land. And it seems a consensus that many, many, many of the Muslim people sympathizing with the Palestine, and some refuse to call this genocide, many of them, or they, they have their own, their own reasons why. But in the reasoning that they gave, because they believe that the Palestinian cause supersedes this act of Hamas. It takes... Yes. Go ahead. And it is, I think, hypocritical for anyone in the United States founded on a revolution to say that there is never an excuse for political violence. However, I, I look back at, for instance, the Irish Republican Army. The Irish Republican Army was classified as a terrorist group. Some called it freedom fighter. However, I will say of it positively, that they never targeted the people. Every attack of the Irish Republican Army went after a British representative of government or of the army. These were political statements. Yes, they were violent, but they were intentional for their objectives. Hamas, however, did not go after Israeli representatives or the IDF. They went after the Israeli people, and they have openly called for the annihilation of the Israeli people. Is this a legitimate freedom-fighting organization? I can't think of a single one that would, ad that would adhere to such barbaric policy. It is further, I think, a, a unique distinction in Hamas that generally, if you are fighting on behalf of your people, you are trying to protect your people, and you put your soldiers in front of your people. Hamas is the only organization I know of that puts their people in front of them and uses human shields and human bodies and innocence in order to break them. Their headquarters is under a hospital because they know that it would be a, a violation of international law to attack the civilians that are housed there. They use their own people as human shields, thinking that if they are killed, then they have done them a favor because they're at least going to heaven as pure martyrs. This is, this is not a noble resistance group who are fighting for their freedom. This is a cult of death willing to use anyone to achieve their objectives. Well, well spoken, Dr. Dan Raven, and I pray that 
um, American Muslims uh, would would rise up, would step up. But I know, I know it hurts us to see the many murders of children, of families inside Palestine, inside Gaza, uh, seventy-five years of pain um, and and unrest and occupations. And uh, uh, they have a lot, I guess, to defend and to say about the case. But I don't think Hamas is the right window. What you're saying, it's not the right angle. It's not the right opportunity for them. Um, this actually sucks back. It doesn't bring forward and somehow. But it's a shame that how the Palestinian cause has been probably also one of the victims that Hamas killed when they killed 1,400 Israelis, children, and uh, and, and, and all these acts of violence, I guess. Um, Want to play for peace? We have five minutes. And uh, I want us to ask you, why are all these navies in the Middle East? And um, are they making God angry? Are they trying to make God angry? <laughs> God has had, unfortunately, to watch his children to dispute with one another for many centuries now. But yes, into an example as to why this is all happening, I think we can lay blame squarely at our own White House. And it goes back to our war in Ukraine. Russia gave us many, many decades of warning that it would not tolerate Ukraine in NATO and on its borders, just as we would not tolerate the Soviet Union in Cuba. However, we ignored that. The Biden administration especially um, flaunted that right in Russia's face. Russia's invasion was no, was no surprise, therefore. But they needed space because this war in Ukraine was dragging them down. We have pushed them into an unfortunate alliance with Iran and with China. And in order to give them that space, Iran has funded Hamas, which is a pathetic little organization that doesn't act without Iran's blessing. But Biden administration has also restored funding to both Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank, and the Hamas region in the Gaza Strip. Biden administration has increased the funding again. Add to that Iran's influence, and Iran can activate a conflict in the Middle East that will draw Europe's attention and the United States' attention away from from Ukraine, which has happened, and bog down their financial and military resources to give Russia a bit of breathing room. And as I predicted months ago, that is actually happening in, in Russia as it's, it looks like it's forcing a peace agreement in which it will occupy the 20% of the Russian-speaking region that it has. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is bogged down in this conflict in the Middle East. Um, do they necessarily care about the religious Im- impl- inclinations here? No. They're, they're doing this to weaken the West and to, to, to give space. Um, that's the, that's the easy geopolitical excuse for this. But there is no question that the religious struggle between Hamas and Israel goes beyond history itself. There is a parts of it in the Bible that has to do with the settlements, early settlements, and all of that. You have a minute. You have a minute, Dr. Dan Raven, be, before um, we have to finish our uh, good Sunday morning with Father Andre. And it's been beautiful talking to you. Can, can a murderer exist with a civilization? No. And I think for the children of Yahweh, that was illustrated in the story of Cain and Abel. When God sent Cain away, marked him both for his protection, but also his exile. You cannot tolerate a murderer in the midst of civilization. It is incompatible with civilization. It is incompatible with brethren. And in this case, the children of Yahweh, Christian, Jew, and Muslim, need to learn to tolerate each other. And for for those who cannot, Israel is reacting in much the same way Yahweh did, in saying, 
If you cannot tolerate, you cannot be. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Darabin. This has been amazing. You know, uh, the anger of God, I guess, uh, should be an opportunity for us um, as now we're drawing near to the Holy Land, to the Holy Mountain, to Jerusalem, who bears the name of the City of Peace. So instead of going there to blow a third world war and uh, people to annihilate and wipe each other's away from the face of the earth, let those people be gathered into the bosom of the God of Abraham. The last time I heard that when God got angry, as we know, um, Adam and Eve were kicked out of paradise. The flood happened. The Sodom and Gomorrah were thrown in um, brimstone and in fire. Uh, but, you know, God is compassionate. God is also slow to anger. I pray with you, Dr. Dan Raven, that the nations would learn, America would learn, people would learn, and that they would do deeds and uh, acts of justice and of peace because um, God's uh, justice is a peace and mercy, is a truth and mercy itself. And uh, with you, um, I want us again to pray for the official uh, runners who are running for public offices in the United States. I pray for them that they would accept God's illumination of conscience and the Holy Spirit comes and resides upon them and upon all of us. May Almighty God bless us all, protect us from all evil, and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.